Hello and welcome to a Patreon bonus episode of Lyle's Mystery Theater here on the Halloween Podcast. I am your host, Lyle Perez. This episode is brought to you by Carol from our Patreon page. She is the latest listener to upgrade her status to the Halloween Podcast Megafan. She's helping the show with a $10 monthly donation, so she basically paid for this bonus episode for all of you listeners. If you want to be like Carol and get a bonus episode in your honor, all you have to do is go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thehalloweenpod and become a mega fan with a small $10 monthly donation. All of those donations go to help pay for hosting. Uh, I got to get more bandwidth so hosting becomes more expensive once you start putting out more shows like the Halloween podcast does. So any monthly donation really helps pay for hosting and all of that good stuff. But not only will uh, the Patreon supporters get a special episode in their honor, but they'll also get access to all of the bonus content. So Carol, thank you so much for supporting the show. It truly means a lot. This episode will release during our 31 show countdown. So not even the Halloween countdown will get in the way of these bonus episodes for the Patreon supporters, because uh, that's how much I love you guys. So today we are going to listen to a story from Lights Out, which I think we did last time too. On the last Lyle's Mystery Theater, we listened to the Halloween one. But this one is titled Death Robbery. Lights Out has to be one of my favorite old-time radio programs the only thing I hate is that a lot of the recordings today are very bad quality, but luckily Death Robbery sounds pretty good. This, this one originally, originally aired, aired on July, on July 16th, 1947, and is about a scientist who loves his wife and decides to bring her back. What can go wrong? Enjoy the show. Eversharp Chick Injector Razor, made by Eversharp, manufacturers of Eversharp Chick Injector Razors and Blades, and famous Eversharp Precision Writing Instruments. Hideous things come out of the darkness to prowl the tortured earth. Evil hands stretch forth to seize. Evil eyes are watching. Unholy voices whisper and quarrel in the fearful silence. Death stalks. Loathsome, horrible death. Dare you put out your lights and listen to Boris Karloff in the story of horror in the deepening darkness? Dare you listen to... Lights out! I'm glad you brought up the question of ethics, Ed. Sometimes I think science is too ethical. Stands in the way of research. I don't know, David. Take your work, for example. It's wonderful, but you have to be very cautious. I think working with monkeys is about as far as you should go right now. Oh, but Ed, David has passed that stage. Why not show Ed the one you worked on today, darling? If you'd like to see it, Ed, it's right in the lab. Yes, I would. I saw it last night after you injected the poison. <laughs> I'll get it, David. Thank you, dear. It's in the second cage. Mm, Ruth's a wonderful girl, David. 
Must be a big help to you in your work. Don't know what I'd do without her. But if she ever gets too interested in pure science, <laughs> I'm going to I'm, I'm I'm lock her out of the lab and just make her go back to being a wife. <laughs> How do you find time for a wife? Now, look here. All you practicing surgeons think the research man is a machine. Not me, Ed. Ruth means more to me than all the discoveries I might make. Her happiness is all I live and work for. Well, I can't say that I blame him. She's a very charming person. Here he is. Same one you saw last night, Ed. Stone dead. And there he is, just as healthy and alive as any other monkey. Why, it's amazing, David. Naturally, I've followed all the experiments along this line, but you seem to have progressed much farther. David can't go any farther with animals. He's ready for the next step. And he can do it. Well, I'm all for research, David. But you have a moral obligation in this sort of thing. How do you know it'll work with human beings? Oh, you're a surgeon yourself, Ed. You know that human beings are animals just like all the subjects I've used. I know it'll work. Well, knowing it won't get you far with society. You'll have to submit proof. I know that. And I've tried every way I can think of to get a human being to demonstrate on. He's tried insane asylums, penitentiaries, everywhere. No one will listen to me. Well, in a way, you can't blame him. Even to me, with my training, the idea seems, well, blasphemous. My dear Ed, you can't stop scientific progress because of a so-called moral concept. Besides, what could be less blasphemous than a triumph over death? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't see it that way. I wouldn't want to try it on me. When I'm dead, I want to stay dead. Oh, that's foolish, Ed. Well, if I die first, I want David to use me for a subject. Ruth, don't look so startled, Ed. She's always been my strongest supporter. But I'm not going to use her as a subject. I like her too well as a wife. <laughs> Still, it gives me the shivers to hear you talk that way, Ruth. Why? I've seen David's work grow to where the technique is perfect. Before long, his experiments will be recognized by the whole medical world. And if I can help him achieve that goal, I'm willing to do anything. Living or dead. I mean it. said she wanted to do it, Ed, living or dead. David, you're surely not going to hold it to that. Not now. Of course I am. She meant it. But I called you over here tonight, Ed, because I need help. Don't tell me that. But I want you to help me bring Ruth's... To bring her here? That's exactly what I mean. David... Will you help me? Or must I bribe some stranger? David, why don't you give this thing up? It's, it's inhuman. Ed, if I succeed, I'll have Ruth back. Don't you see how much it means? Well, yes, if you're successful. Oh, I've no doubt about that. Look, I've got my laboratory record. 714 times I performed the experiment on guinea pigs, rabbits, monkeys. 714 times it's been successful. Don't you see? But, David, this is no laboratory experiment. Ruth was your wife. She is my wife. The only woman I ever loved. That's why I want to bring her back here and start her breathing and living again. There's an ugly name for what you're asking me to do, David. I know. Grave robbery. But there's a better name for it, Ed. Death robbery. We'll rob old man death. 
Kick the door shut. Uh, on the operating table. I must say you are completely equipped. It's surgery, just as well as a lab. Everything we need is here. There. Well, it's done. Not yet. You mean you want me to stay? Ed, listen. Ever since Ruth... Well, I guess I've leaned on you for everything. I won't ask you to stay, but I do need you. Just a little longer. All right, David. I'll stay. Ruth will be the first to thank you when we succeed. David, I'll always doubt this until I see Ruth living, breathing, smiling again. It won't be long. Just a matter of 15 or 20 minutes. If nothing happens. What will you do if your operation doesn't work? Then you'll have just one more job to do as my friend. And that? Will be to bury both of us. Oh, now, look, David. If Ruth isn't alive again within a few minutes, I'll have lost her forever. And I'll have proved that my whole life's work is useless. I'll have reason enough to use any of a dozen tricks that any good surgeon knows. End the whole business. Oh, but don't look so horrified, Ed. We won't fail. Let's begin. I should remind you once more, David, that you're usurping powers that belong to God Almighty. I like to think that Providence has wisely held back the knowledge of things like this until we knew how to use them. And I know how. Hand me that large beaker. All right. I'm not going to back out on you, David. What shall I do? Do? You'll work as you haven't worked in surgery before. Thank heavens I've got your skill on my side. Now then, first strap the spigot manometer on her arm. I just happen to think of something. Keep moving. This is all a matter of timing. Yeah, but, David... Here are your instruments. And I want the incision right here where I'm shaving the hair. Make a small incision just at the fontanelle while I prepare the solution. David, have you considered... Please, work fast. But, Dave, what? She was embalmed, you know. Of course I know that. I have something to replace the blood and, and counteract the fluid. It's ghastly. Finish the cut. I know what I'm doing. Well, that's all for the incision, but after all... Oh, work nice. Now cut away the duramata. Entirely? Leave the brain exposed? Yes, yes, I'll fix that. I've done it 700-odd times. This is no guinea pig or monkey. Well, I hardly need reminding. Sorry. What's that? A compound I've synthesized myself. What is it? I call it digamma-paradiamine. Oh, I know that isn't chemically correct. But it's as close as I can get to it. I knew that something like it must exist. It took three years to crack it down. It took me that long to make the first drop of it. You know what you're doing, all right? Yes, I do. Now, then, if you're finished, take the leads from that storage battery there and attach the positive to the silver plate on the shelf. Put that at her feet. I feel as if I were doing something unholy. Place the tip of the negative in the incision you made in the skull. Be sure the tip of the wire actually... actually penetrates the pyre mater. David, what if you bring her back? I will bring her back. But what if you bring her back and find she comes back without her soul? What? Her soul? Yes. You're a surgeon, and you believe in a soul? Well, I hesitate to say there is no such thing. You've seen a good many deaths, haven't you? 
Have you ever seen any evidence that the soul escapes at death? Perhaps I couldn't recognize the evidence. Put it this way, then. If there is any soul, it either leaves the body or stays with it at death. Now, no reputable surgeon or physician has ever been able to report the slightest evidence of the soul's having left the body. So, the soul, if there is a soul, must stay with the body, a part of it. I'm ready now. If you've finished. Everything's set. Good. Close that switch, then, at the battery. Watch the meter and keep the current between plus and minus five of 150. There's a rheostat on the edge of the table. All right? All right. Now, I'm going to inject 10 cc's of adrenaline in the brachial artery. Adrenaline? Adrenaline and something else. There. God, she's beautiful, Ed. Yes. She was. She is. You'll see her in a few minutes, just as she was. I wonder what you'll have to tell us. Nothing. Death is only a transcendental sleep. Do you really believe that? Oh, well, what's the difference? How's the current? Let's see. What? It's jumped to 180. Good. Bring it back to 150. That's the result of the injection. On a dead body? Let's say suspended animation. There are still a few things in surgery you don't know, aren't there? I never dreamed of a reaction like that. I'll show you more. Help me swing this lamp over here. But let the ammeter go. It'll hold steady for a minute now. But if I jump it... No, it won't. I've been all through this before. The reactions are exactly the same as the others. Well, this lamp... X-rays? No, it's a modification of the cathode ray. And just another of my developments. I call these atheta rays. Why do you call them that? Well, most rays are named for the first few letters in the Greek alphabet. Alpha, beta, gamma, and so on. Well, that explains theta. Didn't you say theta? Yes. But theta was called the letter of death by the ancient Greeks. Well, that's right. It was the first letter in the word thanatos. Death. Yeah, I see. A theta without death. <laughs> Maybe I was too sentimental. Maybe. At least human for once. Let's not argue. Here goes the ray. Now, quickly. The solution. Injected? No, pump it. I built this pump especially for it. There's the pump switch, Ed. Here? Yeah. Turn it on and watch the ammeter. Okay. It's jumping. How far? 155. Let it go. 160. 170. Hold it there. It'll stay there now. Listen carefully. Yes. As soon as I turn off the pump, I want stigma readings. But there won't be any blood pressure. Wait and see. Give me a reading each time I ask for it and take them carefully. Are you ready? That's fantastic. I'm ready. Okay. Reading. Systolic zero. Diastolic zero. That's all right. It will take a few seconds. Now. Forty. Diastolic. Hurry. Zero. My audit valve is still open. I'll turn off the ray. Reading. Forty-eight. Over forty-two. David, not yet. Now the stopwatch. Seven seconds after I say go, I want the systolic. Now you have it. 
Right. Ready. Now, go. Sixty. Go. That's what it should be. Lord, look at my hand. I don't wonder. Oh, darling, just a few more minutes. All right, Ed. Now the ray again. We'll know the answer very soon. The second act of Lights Out, starring Boris Karloff, will follow in just a moment. But now, listen to the sweetest shaving song ever written. Push-pull, click-flick. Change his blades that quick. Push-pull, click-flick. With the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. Yes, it clicks for men everywhere. Because the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor is the world's one and only razor with the automatic blade changer. No blades to unwrap. Fingers never touch the blade. Just push-pull, click-flick. And a keen new blade is automatically locked in correct shading position instantly. It clicks because the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor makes shaving 50% faster, 100% safer, 200% smoother. Just try the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor for one week. See for yourself the difference. It's a $1.75 value. Special now, only $1.25, complete with 20 blades. For the shave of your life, the rest of your life, switch to an Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. Get yours tomorrow. Push-pull, click-click. Buy an Eversharp Schick. How long do you use the ray this time, David? Not long. Give me a reading. Sixty-eight. Over sixty-seven. Now. Seventy. Diastolic. Sixty-eight. Now. David. One hundred eighteen. Seventy-six. Close. Now. One hundred and twenty. That's it. Eighty. The stethoscope. Quick. I can tell. Respiration's normal. Pulse just a tiny bit fast. And reflexes slow, but apparently all right. David, I... I feel I must apologize to you. Apologize? Why? Well, for doubting you, I suppose. <laughs> You've learned to believe me. Very calm in the face of all this. Do you realize that you performed a miracle? A miracle? I brought my wife back to me. As I promised her. It's... 
It's an unholy thing, but... But we've conquered death. Is that unholy? We have conquered death. May God forgive us. We shall only wait now. How long has he been asleep? Let me see. Eleven hours. He hasn't spoken at all? Not since that first scream, when she fell asleep. Have you given her anything? Just a few cups of brandy. Have you tried to wake her? No, but I think I'll try now. Oh, wait a minute before you do. Why? Well, I hate to keep harping on this business about a soul, David. I realize this is no place for a philosophic discussion. But I can't help wondering why Ruth screamed when she first came back to life. I think there's a logical explanation. After all, it must have been a physical shock. Well, that's true. It must also be true that there was a great mental shock involved. I think that's why she screamed, and I'm wondering whether there's been a permanent effect on her mind. No, as I prefer to think of it, her soul. Oh, you're simply borrowing trouble, Ed. I've never seen any sign of permanent damage in my other experiments. Don't forget that Ruth was a human being. Well, there's only one way to find out. I'm going to wait. You're, you're not afraid? Afraid? Of what? Ruth. Ruth. Wake up, darling. Ruth, dear, it's David speaking. Wake up, dearest. Ruth. Ruth. Ah! Darling. No wonder it scared a poor girl. Ruth, it's it's David, dear. I kept my promise and you're alive again. Oh, you're all right, honey. It's David, you're you what's the matter? No, David. David. You'd better go out for a little exercise now. I'll stay here with her. I'll stay while you go out and walk around a bit. You've been there with her since 8 o'clock last night without any letter. Go on, I'll stay. Ed. I know, old boy. I'd give anything myself if we could undo what we've done, but... Ed, what can I do? Well, there may be something. Let's try an experiment when she wakes up again. What kind of an experiment? Well, let's see if we can talk to her. Get her to say anything. If we can get a flicker of intelligence, maybe we can teach her. Build up from a small fragment. Maybe it might work. I'm going to wake her up and try it. Well, not now. Why don't you take a walk? Relax a little. And get something to eat while you're out. Eat, I can't eat. I'm going to wake her. Ruth. Ruth. David. Why not let her sleep? She's waking up now. Ruth. Hello, Ruth. Are you waking up? Poor child. Poor child. There. She repeats after me. A little... Maybe it will work, Ed. Ruth. Uh, David. Uh, it works. Seems to. Ruth, say I want a glass of water. Seems to. <laughs> I want a glass of water. Uh, it's too long for her. Ruth. Say, Ruth. Uh, loves. Uh, David. David. <laughs> Ruth. Loves David. Ruth loves David. Ruth loves David. Ruth loves David. Ruth loves David. Maybe. But what is she thinking? I don't know. Oh, no. 
you right up. Wait. No use. Now look, Doctor. Artery. No hope. Ed. All right, Doctor. Your diagnosis is correct. A minute or two left. Who's hiding? Watch out. No. No soul. She'll kill you. What have I done, Ed? Everything I've done is wrong. Wonderful technique, Doctor. Congratulations. What about soul? Ed. Ed. Ruth. She's somewhere in the house. What if she gets out with a scalpel in her hands? in the lab. No. No, there's nothing new. 
Just an experiment. No. Like so many experiments, it, it just didn't work out. Eversharp Shake has just presented Boris Karloff in the first of the new series of mystery and terror stories, Lights Out. In just a moment, we'll tell you about next week's story. But first, no matter what kind of razor you use now, here's a challenge. There's a better, easier, faster way to shave. Eversharp Chick Injector Razor has banished forever 90% of the nuisance that makes shaving such a chore. Ends nuisance number one, no time wasted. Eversharp Chick Injector Razor has been proved at least 50% faster. Ends nuisance number two, it's safer. Patented guard bar prevents skin irritation, even under nose. Eversharp Chick shaves clean and smooth without skin irritation. Ends nuisance number three, nothing to take apart or put together. World's easiest razor to clean. Just rinse, shake, put away. Ends nuisance number four, no blades to unwrap. Fingers never touch the blade. Just push-pull, click-click. Because Eversharp Shick's the world's one and only razor with the automatic blade changer that locks a keen new blade, the world's sharpest blade, in correct shaving position instantly. Yes, it's 50% faster, 100% safer, 200% smoother. So, for the world's quickest, easiest, cleanest shave, change to Eversharp Shick Injector Razor. It's a $1.75 value, but special now for only $1.25, complete with 20 blades. Buy yours tomorrow. Next week, Lights Out will bring you a story about the undead, the vampires who are doomed to wander alone through all eternity, seeking the blood of innocent ones. Be sure to listen next Wednesday night at the same time. Lights Out is produced and directed by Bill Lawrence. The script is by Paul Pierce and Willis Cooper. This is Ken Niles speaking for Eversharp, manufacturers of Eversharp chicken injector razors and blades, and famous Eversharp precision writing instruments. For birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, and business gifts, remember the best gift of all is an Eversharp CA pen. Buy yours tomorrow during the sensational Eversharp CA pen sale. Buy now and save as much as 60%. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. And we're back. So that was Death Robbery. A couple of things about this episode. First, it features Boris Karloff, and I think that in itself was pretty cool. <laughs> you know him. He was Frankenstein's monster and a couple of other ones from the Universal Monsters. I know I've mentioned him before on other shows, and I'll probably keep mentioning him as time goes on. He is a horror staple, kind of like Bella Lugosi and Vincent Price. So, I'm going to keep mentioning him as time goes on. So, let's move on to the story itself. 
The first half was pretty boring. It was a total snooze fest. Things don't start getting creepy till the second act. Once the wife is brought back to life, I've <laughs> I've always been fascinated with the question, what makes something scary? So let's ask that question to this story. What makes this story scary? Well, to me, it's the wife talking and then having this crazy laugh afterwards. Why is that scary? I really don't know, but that's what I find fascinating. I can't tell you why I find it scary, but I just do. Freaks me out. What part about the story scared you? I'd love for you to tell me. Get on our Facebook page and let me know. That's facebook.com slash the Halloween podcast. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, once again, I want to thank Carol for becoming our latest Halloween podcast mega fan with her $10 monthly donation. If you want to join in the ranks with Ruben and with Simone, then go ahead and go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the Halloween pod. Get signed up and start donating with just a small $10 monthly donation. That's about how it how much it costs me to eat a meal at a restaurant. So skip a meal and help the Halloween podcast pay for hosting so I can continue doing this show for many years to come. Carol, thanks again so much for, for the donation. really means a lot. If you have any questions, comments, or want to suggest an old-time radio drama for a future show, go ahead and email those to thehalloweenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at thehalloweenpod. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you do it with five stars. Write a little note so you can let other people searching for podcasts know that the Halloween podcast is one to check out. So I will see you guys tomorrow for the second half of Welcome to Camp Nightmare with Daniel Montgomery from the Dead from Welcome to Deadcast. So tune in tomorrow. See you guys later. Have a good night.